now that you don't look like the Babadook, we're ready to go. <laughs> I went through it. That did me dirty. Yeah, Kevin just tried a new concealer that I got. Forgot that his self-tan is developing actively as we're filming. So we sat down to film in front of the lights and he looked I like... I just sat down and what did you say that I look like? I fell asleep. Got a sunburn but had sunglasses on. So oh, all yeah, around your just... eyes were so... White. white so we had to fix it but we're um, back. and now we're back and i am closer to my skin tone yeah you'll look a little more human <laughs> i'm sure as this episode will go on you will see me develop literally getting <laughs> yeah, darker yeah. clock if kevin's getting tanner by the uh yeah. every 10 minutes yeah i want to be tan mom by the end of this oh my god that's so funny well welcome back to a brand new episode of beautiful yes. and bothered so we want to talk today kind of about like relationships and dating so on and so forth but before that we had like a couple's game night last night <laughs> Okay. And we played heads up. I Kevin, saw a different side of you. I come to win. You are not kidding. I saw a side of you that I'm afraid of. You better be. Like, if I am getting into any sport with you, like, or any kind of comp sport. Yeah. What sport heads would you get Ellen's yeah. heads up. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, that was next level. Yeah. And I'm like, I will want to be on your team any day of the week. Thank God we were on the same team. And it a couple of the highlights. We did a music one, and I literally was giving the clues to you. You were guessing <clears throat> yes. with the thing on your head. And yes. I, it was music, and I literally just gay gasped, and you knew and started. And I rattled off. I was like, just dance, poker face, bad romance. And bad romance And it. that was the clue. And, and that everyone was... died, because yeah. I didn't even have to say anything. You didn't even have to sing a lyric. Nope. Uh, as soon as you gay gasped yep. and clutched your pearls, I yeah. was like, it's Gaga, go. Yes. It was made for straight people, this game. Yeah. Like, yes. they're not going to know Joanne. Like, 100%. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. It's going to be Yeah, the so I was ones. like, oh my God, what are the hits? Just dance, yeah. poker face. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> There was two moments that I was guessing with it on my forehead and you were giving the clues. And it was oh, I thought right you were going to talk before... about the sacrilegious moment. What was we'll that? get to that. Oh, Kevin, just... I almost fired him as co-host. We um, I know. So right before the buzzer went off and it was Starships by Nicki Minaj. <laughs> and I literally I, I knew it and I couldn't form it. And it came so quick, but I knew the buzzer was going to run yes. out. So I literally turned into the exorcist. Had like an out-of-body experience. You would have thought he was getting exercise. And they said the power yeah. of Christ compels you with holy water. Like arms went back. <laughs> I am not exaggerating. Neck snapped. Neck snapped. Eyes rolled in the back of his Levitated head. Levitated off like, floor. arched. And he was like, starships, Nicki Minaj. Yes. And I was like. And then the other one was right before the buzzer went off, which I would have. I would have jumped it out the window if I didn't get this. It was Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. Yeah. And I literally, that was another one. I was like, Golden Girls! Like, right before <laughs> the buzzer went off. I would have been so mad at myself. And then yes, the yes. other one, people, and I'm going to give y'all a second to guess before I tell you. Uh, no. So we just talked about this. Wait. Mm -mm. Do not tell me when you are playing this game, the pressure, you know, when you're playing a game, it's almost like watching Wheel of Fortune or something or yeah. like playing Family Feud. When you're at home, you're like, how do you not know that answer? Yes. Or like, how do you not know what to say? I was, it's, you're under pressure. Blanking. I know. Yeah, it is. And I'm like, but I am you. ashamed. I know. And so the clue, it was uh, like legends, icons and stars, yes. like celebrities or whatever. I looked at Kevin and I said, one of our favorite movies. And then I said, the whole time, the whole time from a very famous movie. And it was Sally Field. Sally Field, and Mrs. Doubtfire, when and they're we in the just restaurant. Talked about this like a week ago. That's why I said the I whole know. time because we always say that to each other. And you the didn't whole get time. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. You also missed Michelle Pfeiffer before that. And you were like Catwoman. Great. Sewed her into the outfit. Like stunning. I said Batman. She played Catwoman and they had to sew her into the outfit. Yeah. 
what? What are you going to do? And uh, I gave up my gay card last night. And we were sweating. Then we switched to like acting it out. We were actually flop sweating. Like the competition was at an all time high. Yeah, that was amazing. It was six of us, three on three. And it was like. Oh, because it was couples against couples. Yes. That's what we did last yes, night. That was actually really couples. smart. It was three on that three. And yeah. yeah, it was intense. If was anyone fun. else is a charades, heads up, like game psycho, we are right amazing. there with you. So we were talking, uh, we were in the car. I don't know. This was like two weeks ago. And I don't know what how it came up or whatever the hell we were talking about but you kind of brought up just talking about your typical like 20s hoe phase yeah like yeah. how you go through that thing yeah and i said to you i was like i never had one and you were surprised by that and i just thought it's a very it would be a really interesting topic that you and i being as close as we are that's mm -hmm. what somebody did somebody didn't we're both gay men like what it, grew up kind of in the same area and like kind of what the thought process and everything was behind it and i think too as gay people and I think anybody watching this too that might be able to relate maybe even not being gay either oh but totally. I think specifically the gay experience before we even go into like general dating of mm -hmm. what you think you deserve which yes. is like a whole different avenue I think even as gay people and I think growing up too I always thought I was like okay I have to find a woman to marry one day that's the norm and just feeling like I'm gonna be lost in this society I'm not gonna love this person that I'm gonna marry and then going into it thinking oh Oh my god but i'm attracted to men and then thinking i will never be able to marry a man because that is not the societal yes. like the societal norm and there's such a difference where i don't think people realize what goes through a gay or any lgbt person's head is i think any person who wants to get married a straight person can relate to the fact that like oh i might not get married i might not find love but there's a difference in our heads that realization you just said where you go through this coco peru said it on the podcast with me she said you know you go through this realization, this paralyzing, debilitating realization that, oh, I can't find love. Not I won't. Not not I, that it's I an option of finding the right person. I physically do not have the ability to yeah. do so. And that is debilitating. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think, part of the fear. And I went, I know I personally went through, I don't know if you did too, going through that at a very young age of being yes. a teenager thinking, I know I'm not like the others, but mm -hmm. why? And then when you come to that realization of I'm gay and it's like, oh God, I'm now I'm really never going to find somebody to love me. Yeah. And especially worrying about love in so many different aspects too of like, is your family going to love you? Is Are you going to find someone else to love you exactly who you are? There's so many different levels to it. It's so scary to think about, especially at a young pivotal age of going through puberty and then thinking about oh my god I'm never going to find love it's horrible. And you're surrounded by other straight teenagers who are doing nothing but talking about their sexuality and who they're dating and who they're yep. making out with and who mm -hmm. they're whatever and you're just on the sidelines. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And even in television and movies, you always <gasps> see the gay people are more promiscuous and they're yes. not in serious relationships and well, they're, they're either the they're either a whore or the clown. Yeah, there's exactly. no in between. Yeah. Or both. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's that fear for me yeah. that it's always been depicted it's always been talked about that gay people are just like these overly promiscuous people and i even think the stereotypes are true in like the community sometimes is that they're not always looking for relationships and yeah people always struggle with finding someone that values the same things that they do and mm -hmm. like it's extremely hard but going yes. into the point of growing up that I felt that way and I was like oh god like I'm gonna have to like fake till I make it and mm -hmm. pretend like I'm straight or whatever or say that I'm yeah. bisexual and just always be like oh I can't ever date a guy but I'm attracted to yeah. them coming to now dating I don't know when I really started dating 
Oh my God. Well, backing up for me. So what you're talking about, I remember, I don't know, I had to be maybe 12 years old and it was like a night that like, let's just say, you know, I obviously always knew being gay was a very high possibility. I was obsessed with Phantom of the Opera. Oh, you didn't think you were gay? Oh no. I mean, I did, but I don't know. I was young and I didn't really like, it's hard to describe it. Like all throughout elementary school, which I joked around last week's episode, you know, all the straight people around me, it was constantly whenever I was with them, it was like, okay, who's dating who and who's going to go make out in the woods. That's the irony of this entire like drag thing to me that you have the audacity to like peg this niche 3% of the population drag shows are indoctrinating children with this understanding of sexuality when you have no idea that all the media you let your children consume straight people. And we have straight siblings. So we It's not like we're talking out of our ass. They are indoctrinated with this from birth, this uh, Cinderella story turned sexual in their very early teens that you don't care if your 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old child is obsessed with who they're dating. And we ask children, oh, is that your boyfriend? This indoctrinated that they since they were three years old, that you and I can speak to when we were 11, 12, 13, all of our friends in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. That's literally the only thing that mattered was who the straight people, your friends, who they were dating, who they were making out with, who was who was talking to who, who was this, who was that. And you just always stand there like, okay, like, I'll wait. Like, I'm here, like, kind of a thing. There was like a fight or flight where something went off in my brain where I was like, okay, I know I'm never going to be a part of this. I obviously, like, dated girls when I was in third, fourth, fifth grade. Like, it's a joke or whatever, you know, the stupid. Mm -hmm. But then once it got a little bit more real, I think when you had to, like, do stuff, you know, when you were in, like, seventh and eighth grade, I just was, yeah, I turned into, like, the gay clown, like I said last week. And I, or the clown. But I just knew it wasn't an option for me, so I yeah. never concerned myself with it. So I just kind of put it up on a shelf, and I didn't think about it. And yeah. I was someone that I had so many passions and exciting things that I really did meet my quote-unquote like best friends in seventh grade, and they introduced me so much to theater and certain singers and the whole nine that I was so obsessed with that stuff, I didn't care about dating or whatever. So cut to, like I'm saying, when I was like 12 and, you know, one night I realized it was like undeniable I was gay. When I came to that realization, I remember distinctly that night I cried the minute I, it was like undeniable in my head because I just burst into tears because I had this realization. It, it, It was no longer avoidable. And I had this realization of like, fuck, my life is gonna be so hard. Like, and it was like almost like a diagnosis. Like, and I just, bawled my eyes out because I was like, well, this sucks. Like, cause I knew what I was going to have to deal with and going like, forward. Yeah. And it's not, it almost feels like I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. But now like looking back just to make this extremely clear, I feel so lucky to be gay. Oh, I wouldn't. Yes. I, I love wouldn't it. trade it for the world. No, I no. feel like the experiences that I get to have are like, you're in such a a loving community for the most part where you get to have these experiences with other gay people and connect with other gay people rarely. Yeah. Well, in a world, well, my philosophy <clears throat> is in a world that is criminally boring and conformist as a gay person, you get to have opportunities and interests that are so exciting, mm-hmm. that are so unique, so fringe, so colorful in those years, like we're saying, when we were those teenagers just sitting on the bench, not getting invited to the ball game to play because we 
couldn't. I was always very observant. And I observed the genericness of these straight people's entire identity being consumed by who they were dating and who they were kissing and who kissed who and who was making out. And especially I think as gay guys, we, and I think that's why we're so empathetic. Me too. I have two older sisters. I always saw, I always felt horrible for all my girlfriends in my life, like my friends who were girls, because obviously in the, you know, two thousands, and I'm sure it gets worse going back, you know, the girls got treated like shit by the guys and just seeing almost like as a spectator, these young girls have their, their sense of self and their self-esteem and their confidence and their whatever developing right in front of my eyes based on this ridiculousness that was this adolescent obsession with romance and sexuality was crazy. So then when we get older as gay people, we that doesn't go anywhere. We had all of that, those learning experiences and observations. So then when we start to date, I was so, and I think this goes into like the whole phase thing. I was so cautious because I just was kind of turned off from the whole thing. So yeah. So I would say, okay, so now we're, yeah, we're caught up to like whatever, all through high school too. I never came out like officially. I just did theater. Really? I love my friends. No, no. Because again, it, there was no one for me to date. And anyone, this also goes into what I'm saying, anyone that I could have, like I heard rumblings of like other kids maybe in like other high schools in the area who were gay. And you would just hear horror stories about, because it was, you know, I when I was in high school it was 2006 to 2010. And it was just for them to even have a, a what a gay experience was like there was no other person in their school so it wasn't like a friend you knew or another kid you knew your whole life from elementary school mm. like these straight people got to do you they would be like there would be stories about them like go, hooking up with someone off of like some website like AOL sketchy things that always petrified me that I never did and that it just petrified me the notion of it so I never even touched it with a 10 foot pole I was asexual all through high school I and I did theater <laughs> and, and it's funny too because even in my high school too I feel like there was openly openly gay people like myself like I think everybody wow. just knew I was gay and yeah. there was openly oh, gay people just gay. like walking around and I I distinctly remember somebody that I still keep in touch with once in a while that he was like very openly like textbook like gay person yeah and I remember looking at him there two people actually that but there was one in particular I remember looking at him and I was like oh my god he is so fearless being this like openly flamboyant person just walking down and I'm like I just assumed he was going to get the shit beaten out of him. Yeah. And n nothing ever came of it. I mean, there were a few things that were said to me throughout the years. Like one girl tried to out me and it was at the point of like me being sophomore, mm -hmm. junior in high schools. And I was like, yeah, real big surprise, bitch. I'm gay. Yeah. And it was like in front of other people and they all laughed at her oh, trying wow. to out me. And they were oh like, God. yeah, good one, bitch. Like we didn't all know. Yeah. And then she like, you know, it was like almost like a movie where she stormed off and she was pissed that she Recoiled, couldn't help yeah. me. And I was like, but the fact that like you would even have to do that, but I was like thankful for that moment of like everybody already being on my side because I was already like wow. friendlier with people. I wasn't yeah. like a mean person in high school. Not that I don't yeah. think I was, <laughs> but I mean, I definitely think it's like it, it shows too that it's like, that's a gross kind of behavior. Like yeah. stop trying to out people too. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. And I even think now coming from even like you were saying too, like people getting the experience for the straight quote unquote straight people in high school is very overly sexualized when we were in high school. I think it's worse now. Oh, I'm sure with social media. I can't even uh, imagine. It's just 
absolutely insane. I cannot even imagine now with social media. Yeah, it's got to be 10 times worse because imagine like yeah, having a phone. <gasps> no. You Google whatever you want. You can look. At, that's insanity. That yeah, because we were me. at the point where like I didn't have a phone. Yeah, with uh, I was with high internet until well, uh, for no. me, yeah, yeah, no, I had a phone with internet in high school too. But it was very different too. It was at that time where like it, it was very different dating wise, and even going out of high school, and then mm-hmm. it's just kind of like the world is your oyster, and it was yeah. problematic. Yeah, problematic. yeah, problematic. I mean, I didn't like come out officially until I was nineteen. And I told like my sisters first, whatever, my parents, so on and so forth. And then as far as dating went, like I also had a weird situation where like I remember the first date I ever went on. I was 19. He was very sweet and it was very normal. And I just remember being absolutely petrified, like paralyzed, petrified, like a pit in my stomach. Because imagine I had never for 19 years, I had just resolved myself to the idea that like, it was never going to happen. Like, this sounds stupid and I'm saying it as a joke, but I might as well have, like, cut my genitalia off. Like, there was no... I was just an asexual morph of, like, a theater kid. There was no option for it. There was no whatever. And then to be on this date that was, like, normal and whatever the case was, and it was simultaneously while all the shit was hitting the fan with my family. Like, my parents were finally getting divorced and they were separating and it was, like, fighting every day and I was constantly going home to, like, that war zone that I just remember as far as the dating dating this guy was concerned like after the first date I just said I was like I can't do this like it was too much it was too much all at once like you know dealing with my family and it there was no like sadness around my family breaking up because that should have happened 19 years 18 years before that but it was just the the combativeness constantly at home and the toxicity at home plus almost this feeling of like getting out of a bunker cult for 19 years and like having to acclimate to this entire thing I'd never even rationalized was an option. It was just Mm. way too much at once. And I don't think I went on another date for like two years. And the gay dating experience too is that you feel because it's already so limited. So it's already like I feel like this was my case too when I was dating more heavily like I was just kind of like serial dating yeah and it was just so annoying too because I felt like I was like okay it's so few and far in between so I'm like when I do go on a date too even if it's bad I'm like just sit through it just like grind mm-hmm. your teeth through this date even though this sucks yeah. but like you're not gonna be happy yeah and it was just unfortunate I was in a mindset at that point where I was like if I don't sit through this date like and don't see it to the end like this could be somebody I can marry and I'm like I don't even like them I know. Why am I, I sitting here? But you are constantly plagued by that like breath on the back of your neck of like your pool is one one millionth the size of everybody else's. Yeah. So who are you to be picky? And they always said and they made the jokes in TV, you know, like women always say they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to be 38. Like I need to have kids. I know. And then it's like, oh, but if you're single by 30 and you're gay, you're basically dead. Exactly. Obviously, that's like a joke. But I think there was some real feeling attached to it for me where I was going on these dates and I had this awful date once (laughs) and I went to go eat Vietnamese food. Okay. It was my first time. Yeah. And I had pho. Okay. Yeah. No idea. Okay. So, uh, and this was the one and only time I ever ate this and I will never do it again. Yeah. So Johnny and I have this aversion and I'm sure many of you comment if you do that when you bite into a piece of meat, steak, chicken, whatever, and it has like fat, chunky chicken and it, pops oh my in your God. mouth i and it like to... squelches Stop! 
with the squelch. It kills me. I literally, it's immediate gag and it's a war zone in my mouth. I literally will like spit it out in a napkin politely and just be out. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was on a date and, you know, go, you know, whatever, meet at this place. And I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I, in my head, I'm like, let me be more adventurous. I've never had this type of food before, but I'm sure I'll find something on the menu. So get there. I'm like reading this. And like when I tell you I didn't know what anything was. Yeah. I was like, why don't you order for me? Yeah. He orders me some like weird yeah. chicken, like in a broth, yeah. whatever. And I just like was like eating around it. And that then he brave. was like, oh, do you want to try mine? I said, uh, what is it? He goes, beef. So I said, okay, yeah, like I'll try it. And he like hands me. It was like the, the soup ladle. Yeah. And it was like the bigger ladle and he like hands it to me and it was clear. Wow. So it was like this clear piece like floating and I like what put do you it. Mean it was clear. The beef was clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I didn't understand. Oh. It was like beef fat trimmings. Oh my God. Ew. No. So <laughs> wait. So he, I put this in my mouth and I like, you know, eat the soup, whatever. And it's this thinly sliced like piece of fat piece of fat and i start to chew on it and the whole thing pops between my my teeth when i tell you my teeth literally like couldn't even touch together they were like going back and forth on it i always say in my head i'm like will i choke if i swallow this whole what do you think i did i swallowed that whole whole. thing whole i felt that slug go i know i know i swear to god my eyes were probably (laughs) tearing yeah yeah because he just kind of looked at me with concern but it was so crazy too because he was so mentally like detached from like the conversation too so i knew he wasn't gonna notice but then he almost like looked at me funny he's like what do you think and i was like yeah and i just shook my head no and he goes Okay. Yeah. And I just knew in that moment, I was like, this is not going to go anywhere. I literally don't give a flying fuck where this goes. I got to get out of here. I'm going to throw up. I know. I was in college, I think, when I was older. So I went back to school. I don't know. I had to be like 26, 27 or whatever. And I went on a date with a guy and he sounded like Kermit the Frog and it didn't match his face. And I think he was sick (laughs) on top of it. So it made the voice even weirder. I'm not kidding you. I go, I'm like, hi, how are you? And his voice, I'm going to try. It was like, hey, how are you? How you doing? That literally was his voice and it didn't match at all. And he was like attractive, like this bigger guy. And he was like, hey, like, oh, my God. And I was like the whole and I'm like, wow, like one second in. I'm like, OK, this is we're doing this. It's going to be like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours at dinner or whatever. He was so boring. He was so just like detached oh and like personality list the whole time. So come to the end of the date, I'm like, oh, like he can't be feeling this like because of how he was acting. Like I was like, there's no way he's like into this. You he know proposed. what I mean? So I, we leave and we're like, well, and it was in the city and we're like walking and I'm going to like, you know, catch the train home and <gasps> I go to like say goodbye and I'm just going to hug him. Cause I'm like, I got the vibes. I'm like, you know, this was nice. You weren't into this. Mm-hmm. I, whatever, like your personality is very, you're kind of boring. I'm not really into it either. And I hug him and then he makes like a weird comment that I like kind of didn't really even couldn't make out because of his voice along the lines of like, Oh, I'm not like really sick anymore. If that's the reason, like you're not kissing me. And I remember I got even more awkward because I it took me a minute to process what he said. And I thought, like, kiss you. I'm like, you want what? Like, I'm like, there's no way you're 
anything about your body language, your interest, your personality in the past two hours did not indicate that you were into this to the point that you would want to kiss goodnight. So I was trying to do the like nice thing and just be like, okay, like nice to meet you. Like, yeah, we tried kind of a thing. And I just was like, that was the fir- what one of my first like bad dates that I was just like, what happened? Oh, no, I wouldn't have been 26. 20- how old was I? God, maybe no, maybe like, I don't know, 24, 25, because I think this was before I met the person I was dating before Casey. Backing up slightly, because I don't know when your like, whole phase happened. But like, so then what was that like through your 20? Or, or how old were you? What was the Oh sitch? my God. Mom, I'm so sorry. Don't listen to this. Um, But yeah, like I just was so, I was in a very, I would say I was in like a dark place. Of course. Like mentally where I was just like. Who isn't in their 20s? Like this is. but And I was like, okay, this is my life. I was like, I guess this is it. Mm -hmm. I think I was 18 and I was going to college. I was taking Mm -hmm. college courses, whatever. And I had met somebody and like we were like hooking up throughout like college and everything. And it just like every single time, no matter how gut wrenching the conversation was, I was just like this is my life and this is what it is. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I always walked away from the experience. Like I feel so empty yeah, and more and more empty after each encounter. Yeah. And then it was just like revolving door of like people. And I was just like, that's the gay experience. But this is like what I was like almost in a way like formed to think. And I was like, my mind was like, believe this because we don't have any, representation we don't have any example of love we don't have any yeah and my whole phase was short-lived but i was grateful for it and i don't even know like i wasn't even like that big of a hoe but i feel like this was like my whole phase where i was like i cut it off so abruptly short too because i was like i felt like i was doing things just to feel something yeah and that's where i was like okay yeah like I wasn't resorting to like, you know, harming myself in a way, but in a way yeah. it almost felt like that to my soul and like my personality. And it came almost like I was coming at myself of like my character. I'm like, I'm hurting myself after each transaction is yeah. what it felt like. I was coming back and like leaving the experience feeling like a hooker. Yeah. And I just and that's what I felt. I felt used. I felt dirty. And I just I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But what did I do, though, after every time I would go do it again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I was mindlessly just like hooking up with people. Well, that's the power of loneliness. Loneliness will always outweigh those feelings of regret. Yeah. Loneliness will always outweigh those feelings of regret. And after the regret wears off because it's temporary or, you know, it can be more more temporary than loneliness. The loneliness comes back and it makes you do those things. Yeah. And I will even say, too, it's I don't even think this is like strictly a gay thing, too, because I started to talk to one of my friends and she's straight. Yeah. And she said she was doing very much the same thing where she Mm -hmm. started to feel that too and i was like girl we got to cut this shit out i know i was almost more like hopeful for her where i was on the sideline i was like you got this like you don't have to do this but i do yeah and i said to myself at one point i was like i can't remember the last time that it happened but i remember stopping myself and being like this feels gross yeah i don't like this i feel like i'm not doing something that aligns with who I am and what I feel like I can offer the world. Yeah. And I need to take myself more seriously, knowing that I deserve more. And I had to stop myself in the moment of being like, okay, you deserve 
to walk away from an experience, walk away from something with a person that respects your time, respects, you know, who you are and respects your body too. Like that's something that when you share that intimacy with somebody, like you deserve to share that with somebody that actually respects that yeah. about you and not just being like, okay, you're like a number to me and you're, exactly. you're a nameless person yeah, to me yeah. and that's just. Horrible. And yeah, I never did any of that. Like we were joking around. Like I said, I was like, I never like downloaded Grinder in my life. I never any hookup app like I had dating apps or whatever. I was just always so kind of paralyzed with fear. At that point, I think I was so conditioned to be content alone, like and to have interests on my own and, and satisfy myself like that I didn't want to put myself in that situation because maybe it was a combination of like knowing it would be unfulfilling or being introverted like not wanting to go through like blind dates were hard enough for me let alone like cold calling like blind just dates. hook up like but but by blind i even mean like dating app like i mean technically it's kind of blind you've never okay. met, physically met the person oh okay i talk, get what you're saying okay i was like who set you up yeah, on a blind yeah. date no, you're because, just showing up because everybody's different over text everybody's oh, yeah, yeah, different yeah. on the app anyone mm -hmm. can have a personality and then you me that that was this guy who talked like Kermit the Frog like the best personality and then in person I was like did you did you hire someone to message me for the past like two weeks like it, they're a different person it's very different which also speaks to social media culture how people represent themselves and mm -hmm. how anyone can be yes. a star anyone can be the smartest the most personable the biggest personality the most entertaining behind a screen but then you meet them in person and you're like where the hell's that person go like, uh, 100% it's a yeah. different animal yeah so you'll be talking to somebody for two weeks and you meet this person you're like okay uh, i feel like we should already have a pretty good understanding yeah. of who we are as people and then you meet them and you're like okay so this is a completely different person where like what the hell is going on totally do you have any other bad dates that you ever went on? i have uh, oh my god unfortunately there was more bad dates than good oh god yeah i had a lot of bad dates i don't really think there was anything notable it was just like bad conversation they were like checked out they were boring like we weren't vibing and the extent of my dates like any date i ever went on yeah it was like meeting someone at like applebee's i never was in a situation that it could get weird or like whatever the case maybe you know what i mean yeah hmm. so you probably have that's what i mean <laughs> the pho one was like probably one of the most awkward and weird and then it was so strange too i went on a date once who like this person and i had met and we went out it was just kind of like weird too like it was like very like mutual whatever like oh yeah like let's go on a date it yeah. felt like really it was like amazing such a nice yeah. guy whatever and it was just that immediate turn off of like i didn't finish my food yeah and he looks down at my plate and like looks up at me and i was like oh god i was like did you want some and yeah. he was like well if you're not gonna eat it and it like drags my plate over and like when Scarfs i sit down shoveling yeah in his mouth and i was just standing there and i looked over to my left and i was like check please and yeah I, I came over didn't even notice that i paid for the bill and was like oh should we get the check i was like already did we're yeah. good to go i'm out and you weren't really even vibing anyway at that point yeah. i was like we're no we're done and like yeah, the yeah. conversation was going no he couldn't even speak he was shoveling food into his mouth too quickly and yeah. then proceeded to block me after oh god but then unblocked me like a year later they always come back and then they always was come like back. trying to follow me again on like social media and i was like oh no bitch like We've been there, done that. Like we are not friends now. We yeah. can, we can't be. They friends always come anymore. back. They always do, and that's when you know, because like as gay people, we have to like be the Doctor Phil of like yes. the girlies. And I feel like always too. I always would say to my friends, I'm like, 
they will be back. Yes. They are idiots. And what they said was stupid heat of the moment. They were an asshole. I was like, they'll be back. There was a couple people that I don't know if she knows this, but my one friend, we like put money on when this guy was going to like text her back. Yeah. And like come back to her. And it was like, I think a week after I said, I was like, yeah, mount fucking 20 bucks. It was like clockwork, though. These guys would always come back. I mean, I went through the same thing, but it's like these people, oh, the, he's never going to come back. It's never going to happen. I'm like, he'll be back. I give why it. do you want them to? Yeah. Like, That's what is question. it like again, that you want? That goes to self-esteem, oh, confidence, yeah. insecurity, the whole nine. I know. It's so funny as we're talking about this. Like, I thought I would remember more. And I'm genuinely like having this realization as we're sitting here. Like, I like blacked it out. I genuinely can't remember, like, other than the one guy I dated for like a year. And then obviously Casey, my current fiance. Like, I can't even picture a face of somebody because I blocked it out. Like in this mm-hmm. whole time in my life just was so weird for me. It like, I actually am like sick to my stomach talking about it. It was such a navigation of yeah. like self-worth. A thing I always say too, the guy I dated right before Casey, well, so, and I must've started dating him. I don't even know what, around 24, I think. And I didn't lose my virginity until I was 24. Like that's how I always say I'm like Liz Lemon. Like who says she like uh, Tina Fey on Thirty Rock? Like fully lose your virginity? Yeah, yeah. I didn't care. Wait, are we talking like gay virginity or virginity? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Did you ever, were you ever with a woman? No. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, you were with a woman? Yeah. <gasps> No, I was never with yeah. a woman. No, I knew. I knew. <laughs> like, oh, I knew right. too. Yeah. Oh, but see, mama doesn't do what she don't want to do. Like, that's that was me. <laughs> I was the kind yeah. of person that if I yeah. didn't want to do something and I knew something, I no one could peer pressure me to do anything. I just was not... Oh, I didn't but that was that. the day that I knew. Yeah, 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 and that's the thing. It was so yeah. that was almost the irony or like the joke well, you and I were having about the whole phase because I was saying I was like, you know, there's times I re- maybe regret not doing it now that I'm older. But then I like mm. talk to people who did, and I'm like, no, I don't. Like, no, I, it was I don't regret it because yeah, it was so much floundering and figuring stuff out. And I do feel like all of those experiences did shape me into the person that I am today. That I learned not to of take course, so much BS. Is- and that, like, of course, but. I'm not could saying I go my back? way was the right way oh, to do no, it. Oh, no, but yeah. if I could go back and, like, drag myself out of situations, I would be like, let's go, whore. And I know. I would, like, grab myself by the hair. Well, I'd be I, like, come on. I think of that about you my know straight better. friends. I lost count of how many times my straight friends throughout my late teens and early 20s put themselves in such awful situations. That's what it was. So I never did it because I saw my closest girlfriends doing these things and just you know what the behavior straight people think is normal or turn most turn a blind eye to and care about drag shows and i just was baffled i was like oh my god like i can't believe their society is pressuring them to think that getting themselves in these situations is okay so that always gave me the wherewithal to just say like i'm i don't i'm not gonna do it like i because i knew like i said no one ever would pressure me to get into it and i it's so funny like i wow. tell, tell, yeah i told people that before and they're like oh my god oh my god and i don't care because i think that's such a that's big, amazing that's such a big thing i mean first of all i'm 31 years old no one can make fun of me anymore we're not like three but the reason that happens is because people don't talk about this stuff they're not honest about it and i couldn't care less like and i was so happy about it because i waited till i was like old enough and in a mentality with someone that i ended up dating for a year after that i didn't even feel comfortable 
in the sense of like sharing that with somebody else, like yeah. sharing that like intimate moment, especially with when I started to come out and with like being with a guy, I was like, if I'm going to do this with a guy, like it's going to be someone special and whatever. And, you know, of course, sometimes you make mistakes and it's like, okay, I wish I could go back and like not do this yeah. because it wasn't with somebody that respected me again, not respecting, yes, you know, someone else's body is just ridiculous and just feeling like you're being taken advantage of in a way. It's like, you know, I'm emotionally not ready for this. Yeah. And it's like, uh, okay, I'm walking away feeling like a little like gross. Yeah. Well, I think that was the thing is like, by the time I did that with growing up with my family, like I had endured so many years of being so disrespected that I just never was going to put myself in a situation That's interesting. and still won't that anyone is going to disrespect me. I've spent so much of my life, and I still do, thinking about everybody else's feelings. I used to do it in lieu of my own. Now I can multitask and, you know, consider my own feelings and my own situation now that I'm grown. But back then, I had just spent so many years being disrespected that I was never going to put myself in a situation where I yeah. felt disrespected by anybody ever wow and and not everybody has that mentality which is sad because i i was friends with so many people especially gay people that endured the same thing i did if not worse you know came out to their family and were like taken away to a institution and shit like conversion therapy whatever and for it took them longer than me to find the self-respect to like to, to to overcome the fact that they weren't didn't feel worthless to start making those decisions better and i think you know, that's, I don't know, that's the whole thing with what is going on recently. And something that always kills me to this day is like even people in my life is, it's so interesting because I think it's very easy for people to look at gay people and uh, LGBT people and talking about what their experience is like. And there's almost this mentality like, oh, like, why do you have to talk about it? Like, why, like, whatever, everybody this, everybody that goes through what they do. And there's this dismissiveness that almost why are you allowed to infuse this so much with your identity? And there's people in my family that do that. And I don't know, it's such a mixture of like devastation and rage because it immediately outs that person that you have no comprehension of how debilitating and cancerous the social ideology that is ingrained in you from the moment you can remember having memories, like four years old, th th five years old, that who you are fundamentally as a person, your DNA, your blood, your bone marrow is wrong, disgusting, unnatural, all of these things from the get. Every movie we turned on in the 90s and 2000s, no representation of gay love. And that's and, and I've had debates with my family before about like and I brought it up on another podcast, my my niece seeing my fiance and I kissing and saying, you're two boys, you're not supposed to do that. Then I talk about, OK, we need LGBT representation on children's programming because that's where it starts. And I get responses from people where they go, they don't understand it. Well, they understand heterosexual love that Correct. you waterboard them with. Right. And you're a fucking weirdo and a creep for implying that any LGBT person, when we talk about having LGBT love represented 
on children's programs and movies and that television you think shows. it's going to be There's like this overly sexual, sexual about it you're fucking weird for thinking that yeah. that's not even a thought in my mind what is wrong yeah. with you yeah. that says something about you yeah so even with my niece she was never shown or or heard anything anti-lgbt but it speaks volumes that what she is shown organically begins to indoctrinate this three-year-old with the mentality that you two boys doing this is not right. That speaks volumes to what they are shown, that they are smart. They have the wherewithal to realize, I never see this, so it must be wrong. At three. And now you have the audacity to look at me, who was the three-year-old, who was gay and never saw it. Imagine what my the past 28 years of my life have been like yeah. after that and tell me that I'm not allowed to talk about this development literally feeling like going to war every day of my life. And even when you see things, gay couples on or LGBT people on uh, commercials, TV shows, movies, I've had people in my family have the audacity to complain as though it's burdensome to them to have to endure this showiness of whatever the case is. If your miniature momentary botheredness of having to see something that you think is this big statement. Nobody's making it a statement but you. Nobody's right. giving it that power but you. When I see it, I don't have a moment. I go, wow, cool. You're the one making it a thing. But if that bothers you more than the empathy for the kids and the teenagers who don't have it and feel debilitatingly lonely... That says something about yeah. you and, and even, your lack of empathy. And, and look at the uproar that happened with Arthur yes. when they announced the gay wedding of uh, what's his name, Mr. Ratburn yeah. or like Ratzenberger, I think his name was. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And even that uproar of a cartoon character, fictional character getting yeah. married, and even Nickelodeon saying SpongeBob was gay yes. during Pride Month, and like whatever, and the uproar of like you're filling our kids' minds with all of this like. All of what? this like weird, that like overly homosexual. sexual. And I was like, why? I was like, what we about exist? Yeah, what, the, what, what about we... SpongeBob is making it overly sexual that you're saying he's gay? And they're like, what does his sexuality matter? I'm like, what does everyone else's sexuality matter in every other Disney movie that's yes. being the Cinderella of it all? The Ariel always looking for this damsel in distress looking for her prince to come save her. Yes. And you're feeling that idea with everybody's like oh i need to go find my prince but then that's okay but then all of a sudden this is not that we have a gay character in a show that's not even a love interest it's yes. just a gay character and now all of a sudden we're setting this whole there's the gay agenda that we're trying to like take over the world like yes. please stop gay people have been around since the dawn of time you just like haven't been aware of it i get, know get lost i know it just speaks volumes to me that we are manufacturing this niche niche issue and letting it sweep legislation like fascism to fuel this almost theocratic government we want to have that is so influenced by this one religion and not to say that the other religions probably on paper don't feel the same way but this one is <laughs> getting on other pieces of paper and it's fascinating that there is more concern over that. And I even said this on the Coco Peru podcast. You want to talk about generalizations because anyone I've ever had a conversation with about this drag thing, I'm sure there have been drag shows that were 
inappropriate for children that children were present at. A, the parents chose to bring their child. So why is the responsibility not falling on the parent to discern what they do and do not want their children exposed to? I've been brought to movies with friends, family that I did not want to watch what I watched. My parents rented horror movies when I was seven that scarred me for two years of my life. Mm -hmm. Where were, why weren't the police knocking on my door to arrest my parents? Right. And there's over sexual situations in horror movies. It's rated R for a reason. Why are we allowed to, we're allowed to immediately invade the civil rights and autonomy over parents when parents want to make decisions for their children involving anything LGBT. But then us as parents of straight people, when our straight parents show us straight content that is too sexual, too scary when we're young, whatever the case is, there's no legislation for that, as there shouldn't be, because it's up to the parents to decide what is or isn't. But moreover, to even have this happening to the point that it's it's getting passed, it just speaks volumes that you don't give a shit about the kids, the gay kids, the LGBT kids that are going through hell in this development, or the straight kids for that matter, what what all the people who are maybe opposed to this, what they don't even know their own kids are doing. That's right. the irony to me. Like I said, it's hard to even get into this conversation with people because any response I ever get, it is so clear that you have never had your identity questioned that you can't even wrap your head around what this feels like. The pit in your stomach, hate yourself feeling that it's apples and oranges. They try to counter what I'm saying. And I can tell by the point they're making that they've yet to even be able to comprehend the pain to have a perspective on it. So they're coming from their perspective of, well, I also endured things. What? Abusive parents and abusive childhood, poverty, whatever the case was. I also endured about 99% of that plus this. So it's not a comparative situation. And I'm not even trying to do it as a comparative situation. We're standing here with our hands open, asking for empathy, patience, sympathy, help. And you're focusing on, the opposition is focusing on the minute, marginalized danger to oppress us further. And you talk about generalization. And I said this on the Coco podcast, over my elementary school and high school, Three male straight teachers were arrested for pedophilia. One tried to talk to a 13-year-old on the internet. The other one had pictures of our fucking girls in our school on his computer off of their Facebook and MySpace. Three arrested. So I, as a gay person, who probably know 90 more gay people than most people who are for this drag thing and want to call gay people groomers— out of any gay person, LGBT person I've ever met in my life, not one of them has a ever, nature, been arrested ever been for this. arrested yeah. for it, in, in <laughs> talks with it, show anything about it. Okay, I've seen three. I've experienced three straight male teacher pedophiles. Mm-hmm. So should I run for office and start passing generalizations that straight males can't be teachers because of yada, yada, yada? This is what you're doing in reverse. It's a way for you to... Funnel your yeah. yeah, you funnel your other feelings about homosexuality, gay people, LGBT people. You don't understand it, and it is easier for you, just like the just like the elementary school people that bullied us, you don't understand it. So 
you're letting your fears and the unknown get the best of you to support these things rather than taking the time to actually get to know the people you're trying to criminalize and finding out what the truth is. And it's just frustrating to me because like the reason I'm obviously aggravated about it is because again, then you have people who have the audacity to say you shouldn't be angry. I apologize. Now, now you're going to tell me how my reaction to being criminalized and oppressed and, and prejudiced and everything else is supposed to be. Thank you. Yeah. The people in my own life, like with doing what I do online, like, and I don't even really, I don't wear full face of makeup unless I'm going to an event or whatever. It's like an artistic expression for me. What if I'm in a state now going to a meet and greet or an event or whatever the case is like me wearing full makeup, like what's next? What's, I know. And it, it just kills me because it's like, I, I'm just so tired of living in an existence where every single day I need to see something and be bombarded by something that like your very existence is just people come at you constantly for it. If you don't like me, don't watch it. Don't concern yourself. But if you feel so self-righteous that you can tell somebody else what they're doing or who they are when it's harming no one and beyond any with any logical argument shut up stop like and i really would love to know too in the minds of the people that are for this legislation and everything like that what do you think we are really doing like what is, is like the root of this problem here like are you just like a closeted homosexual like it's just what no it, they have on? a general disapproval based on whatever it is uh cultural religious, whatever the case may be, that they're funneling that hatred, disapproval, whatever the case is, through these things. Yeah. Because like I said, anyone I've ever met that's for this or says even make a comment about the drag thing or whatever, I know for a fact they don't know another gay person but me. They, they've never seen a drag queen. They've never anything. So what are you talking about? What are you yeah. talking about? Where is the facts you're presenting me with right. that proves this is an epidemic that needs legislation behind it? And now you're even creating more unsafe spaces, too, because for LGBTQ plus people, you're creating this space of like where we already felt sometimes unsafe in certain places. And <laughs> exactly. now you're you're almost giving people this freedom to be like, OK, like if there's legislation in Tennessee, Florida, Texas, wherever, I'm going to now go out and make sure that like I do my country proud. Yeah. And make sure that like these people don't express themselves. And now more than ever, drag queens were at the forefront of like you know, throwing the brick essentially of yeah. like, you're not doing this to us and we're going to fight back. And now it's just, it's very funny to me that now even more than ever, you would think by now 2023 that we would be a little more progressive as a society. And, no. but here we are now where gay people are now <laughs> feeling more attacked than ever. And queer people in general are feeling more attacked and unsafe than ever where, yeah, we can't go out of the house wearing makeup in Tennessee or Texas or wherever the case might be, wherever this is getting passed. And now it's like, I have to add these states to the list, almost like countries where I know gay people are not able to express themselves. Yeah. And now it's like in my own country, I can't even go to certain places feeling like I, I have to like look around like and look over my shoulder to see who's behind me that's like ready to attack. Yeah. And we're not allowed to be mad about it. 
No. If we get mad. mad about it and talk about it too aggressively, then we're not making a good point and we're whatever the case is. Yeah, we're it's, part of the we're yeah. the reason why. It's yeah. it's hatred, bigotry, and homophobia masquerading as nationalism. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. You made a perfect point. I don't even feel comfortable doing wearing a full face of makeup in New York City. I'm scared walking home from a Broadway show to the train, holding hands with my fiance that I've been with for five and a half years, and now adding to the mix how many people were already prejudice and whatever the case is that could say something to us and we could be a victim of a hate crime now on the regular you're letting these people and these the these politicians pass these laws infecting the media airwaves with this unbacked up unfact checked rhetoric that is only bolstering them to do something now I need we need to be even more scared of everything. And if you haven't experienced that level of fear and your go to is to just write it off, that it's not a big problem because you haven't experienced it, opposed to stopping and listening to someone you trust and having empathy for it. I don't know who fucking raised you. But let me tell you, I wasn't raised by people who taught me to do that. And yet I still develop the ability to do so. So there's no excuse. Well, and that's the thing, too. You could be raised a certain type of way, too. But you, <laughs> when you reach a certain point in your life, like, you know, my like I was not raised that way to have hatred towards anybody. But and I do think that it sometimes can go either way, too. Like you could be raised with, you know, to love everybody and you could turn out to be the most hateful person there is based mm-hmm. on whatever kind of trauma you go through. But I think you could be raised to like be like, oh, don't accept this. Don't accept that. It's this way or the highway. And, you know, like you just said, too, you grew up and you you formed your own thoughts and you formed your own opinions based on what you believe. And I think people like to throw the religion card around so much and i'm like i feel like there is no religion that creates this much hate i do not believe that in my heart of hearts there is no way that there is a religion that has told you to go out and be the most hateful person you can be towards a group of people show me in writing where it says that that goes against everything because it's just funny when the the, you know the bible conversation comes up i'm like nowhere does it ever say that like you are out to be this most hateful person it's like love thy neighbor or whatever it is let alone the bible has been rewritten by every king of england for the past 2000 years yeah. to be politically driven etc the original text yeah. of the bible at this point is not even close when it comes to this condemnation of what it originally was which yeah. has been debunked by tons of people who people are going to tell me it hasn't because they're reacting and they're going to get their feelings hurt, and it, so. and it's but and then it does also too cause this unspoken tension between you know now is especially if anybody and has ever been like super religious i'm like oh god they already hate me exactly here we go and you would think and that's exactly a point i was thinking is a imagine if the way catholicism is sweeping the country where we're losing separation between church and state what if another religion that wasn't just condemning homosexuals lgbt people what if it was condemning women what if it was if women weren't allowed to do this show this walk here do that if christianity wasn't the religion sweeping the nation and if it was another religion that affected you you'd be okay with it right it's a slippery fucking slope so buckle up because how is this any different just because you agree with this religion doesn't mean this is why we have a separation of church and state because once you do it with one why aren't so now are we going to start having 
states passing laws based on other religious views that don't just affect groups of people you're fine with being oppressed? What if it starts oppressing you? Then we're going to have a very different conversation. And you would think the people who are Christians who don't feel this way would be more vocal about exactly how this is muddying their entire religion that they hold dear, how bad it's making it look. Yeah. The opinions people are now going to generalize about this religion because of the sweeping hatred that is making its way to the forefront into government legislation. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's just the interpretation of what you're taking away from it. And you're basically taking this, I'm going to say, you're scapegoating your problems out to be like, okay, who is like the common denominator right now? Who's like in the media the most? And it's like, okay, gay people, how can we make this their problem that, you know, they're the root of all these problems? And it's like, okay, great. Let's use it like with religion because assuming that a lot of gay people aren't religious either. Like I think that's yeah. kind of shocking too because I know a lot of people that are. Yeah. And yeah. it's always surprised me too because I'm like, oh, you are? And I'm like, wow, that's kind of strange, isn't yeah. it? Now that I've gotten to know those people too and it's like, it is kind of sad too that I've always made assumptions about them too. I'm like, well, are you like a self-hating gay that you like believe in all of these things but homophobia and religion don't go hand in hand yes it's when you make it the narrative and it plays to what you want to believe in that's when it becomes a like that weird gray line of like you're making this your narrative of like okay this is what's being said about gay people for years that it's like oh it's against our religion but i'm like it's just it's not there is no way shape or form and then it's amazing too that two people can practice the same religion one person and is have such different such a loving true it. like true kind-hearted person exactly. and then the other person is like i'm out can to get all of you it. yeah yeah exactly well to wrap it up that's why the saying is from both sides us uh lgbt people to religious people religious people to lgbt people you know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me Well, we were not expecting to go that deep, but I um, it, it doesn't surprise me because it's a very it's, aggravating and, I, like I said, yeah. I nauseous. Like I talking think we about it. needed to. I mean, but, it definitely we went from one thing to another. To, but that's yeah. why I get aggravated about it because growing up when we did and and having to deal with what we dealt with as kids and teenagers, it's just beyond my realm of comprehension that this is what we're dealing with now. So yeah. I don't know. But anyway, we promise next episode will be more fun, um, more <laughs> lighthearted. Thank you so much for listening to a brand new episode of Beautiful and Bothered. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a little five-star review. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Beautiful and Bothered, for weekly video episodes. Wherever you are, I hope you are happy, safe, and healthy. And remember, you are beautiful. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.